Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. This week's Talking Points, two minutes on each in the company of David Yates, Jane Magan and David Redvers. We will talk about the calendar first. Well, this is the positioning of Champions Day. This old chestnut comes up every year, David Redvers. Is it in the right place? No, absolutely not. It would be fantastic to have it two weeks earlier, but we can't. There's another meeting then. Let's call the arc. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a real... We're late. There's no question about it, but it is the end of the European championships you know it's 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 the it's where it is and we just have to we just have to lump it i'm afraid i mean i'd, I'd love nothing more than it to be two weeks earlier if it, even if it was last weekend we'd have had we'd have had good firm ground not not soft and heavy so it's uh, it is late but you know unfortunately we can't do this on our own we have to work with the, the rest of the epc and make sure that we uh, we fit in i agree i mean the, the um I, I called. Uh, I said it was a contrived meeting at the, p at the start of the programme, and in fact, James used a much better word, an innovation, and it's had to slot where it is. I, I remember, uh, I think it was an interview in the Times a couple of years ago when John Gosden advocated a, a break with the European pattern. I think this was even before the Brexit vote, um, and then it clarified his position with Lydia at Newmarket, actually, on Racing UK. It, it's, it's where it is. I mean, the, 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 the three end-of-season targets are the ARC, Champions Day and the Breeders' Cup, and therefore this is the only place for it to go. It, it's unfortunate about the ground, isn't it? But the season goes until the second Saturday in November. Them's the breaks. Jane? A lot of people will say, why don't they have it a week earlier? Because if you go to Longchamp, you won't go to Ascot. Magical answer that question yesterday, didn't she? She did, but would she have run had it been a Oh, probably a not, but the two-week break for her was just set her perfect. Hasn't Aidan O'Brien actually just changed the way people think about these things? Because he he'll, he'll happily run a horse if it's, if it's fit, if he or she is fit. Absolutely, and he takes that from Jim Bulger. If they're fit and healthy, run them. And, and Mark Johnson is another man who, who operates by, by very much the same, same methodology. Um, Jane, I'm going to let you take Down Royal because there's been an awful lot of talk this week about the potential closure of Down Royal. What is the future for one of the premier racecourses in the north of Ireland? Well, just to start, I thought the release of the information was poorly handled. Uh, I remember Gary O'Brien was in Punchestown this week. It was filtering through that the, the current association who run the track their lease was up and the Marion Group were taking control, the Marion Group being a property development group. Uh, so people assumed that it was closing. Uh, within an hour, the Marion Group had released their own statement saying that they, this wasn't the intention, that they intended a meeting with HRI and working to keep it open as a racetrack. So hopefully, uh, I think Brian Kavanagh meets with the Marion Group tomorrow and with uh, the head of the Marion Group, um, my, Mike Roden, on mm. Wednesday. Um, so hopefully the future is bright and that it won't happen. Um, but I believe they're going to manage it themselves. Uh, thus, Mike Todd, who's been there for 22-odd years, should be snapped up by some other racecourse because he did a fantastic job there. Uh, did you ride it down Royal much? Yes, I was lucky to ride winners there. Massive big gall galloping track. And something in England you should never take for granted is galloping tracks. You have absolutely wonderful tracks. In Ireland, we have a handful where you have two mile in a circuit, and Down Royal is one of them. You start in front of the stands and you pass the post once, and, and that's a rare thing in Ireland. We don't want that's a grade one track. We don't want that to go. So we don't want to lose it. Uh, what you're saying is the reporting jumped the gun on this. 
Absolutely. I think if, if the lease was coming to an expiration, both parties should have come together to make a statement of where they were standing. Uh, there was an awful lot of uncertainty. And you know when uncertainty flows, the internet and Twitter goes into overdrive, people commenting on things that they don't have solid information on. Um, and look, hopefully next week we'll know an awful lot more. But HRI are, are getting on the case. I can see your hand twitching. As a newspaper dinosaur, this is something that, uh, that my trade excels in. That is, you go to press once you have all the facts. You don't just, you know, the Racing Post runs a, a an effective website, but of course it's down roll to close. Ah, no, it's not going to close. You know, it's it's a very unfortunate way of uh, disseminating news sometimes. Well, we can sort of celebrate really for the next two minutes. It's James Bowen reaching the final three of the Young Sports Personality of the Year for for, for the BBC. And there's an interesting point here, David, because I think a lot of people have have thought that the the BBC don't have much of an interest in racing anymore. This is quite a significant strike for, for the younger generation. Cornelius Lysel will be on the programme next week, and I know he has some quite s- strong thoughts on that, the Five Live Racing correspondent. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, he's a, he's a God-given talent. Uh, he's a very, very nice young man, and he's, uh, he's going right to the top, and it's great to see them, see them recognise that. At 16 um, last season, he was, Jane, and rattled through his claim, rode more winners than his, I think, just about the same amount of winners as his, as his older brother. Um, what do you see in him that is particularly special? Well, himself and Sean, they ride very deep, and I, I, I haven't spoken to them, but it's like they look at Noel Feely and Ruby and idolise them because that's how they ride, that's how they approach their jumps. And we've seen young riders rattle through their claim and disappear. But James is with Nicky Henderson. He's got his father behind him as well. He's all the, the right attributes to make it. And he's so grounded. I love how the success really hasn't gotten to him. He's so humble. Mm. And in this game, you'll be levelled very quickly. And it's a testament to him to have kept such a level head at such a young age. David Yates, is this a, is this a good example of racing's lobby working well, do you think? Possibly. Possibly. I, I, you know, I, I think it, as I can really echo what's been said before he's an exceptional talent he's he's a very interviewable if that's a word person I, I, I did a feature before Cheltenham he, he was he turned 17 I think on the eve of Cheltenham uh, the Cheltenham festival and he's a prodigious talent and he's a he's a very likable and easygoing bloke it seems it, it, that's I suppose why he's on the on the three strong shortlist I can claim to have ridden with him as well. He beat me in my last point to point at Chelsea Corbett two years ago, or 18, 18 months ago. So he just turned 16? He just turned 16, and um, I, I'm quite proud of the fact he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> and just a 10 year age gap between you as well? Oh, five, I think. Remarkable. Um, welfare has been a high on the BHA's agenda this week because um, there were enough signatures on a parliamentary petition to uh, spark a debate as to whether the BHA should be. Uh, allowed to continue to be in charge of their own welfare policy and from what I read and we'll hear from Nick Russ in a minute David they've acquitted themselves quite well I think they have I mean we could spend a lot more than two minutes on this Tim Farrell in a minute the Lib Dem MP uh, suggested at the start of the week that the BHA effectively should be stripped of its of its uh, welfare department because he said that the BHA is more uh, concentrates more on promoting racing. Of course, Tim Farrant n- never actually got to be in government, so he wouldn't appreciate that governments have different departments, as does uh, the governing body of horse racing. I think the BHA has ha- handled this very well. I would echo what James said. What we need, I don't wish to 
quote Theresa May because she's not exactly Churchill, but it needs a strong and stable government. Racing is a, is a superb sport uh, and it needs some self-confidence, not constantly looking within itself. You know that my, my views on the whip, for example, I think that we, we handed the rule book to people who actually don't like horse racing in that instance. I think it's a, a terrible mistake. We're talking with Jane before we came on about the whip rules in Ireland, which I think are superb. But in this instance, I think that the BHA has thus far done very well. David, you're very familiar with the inner workings of the Houses of Parliament. How do you think, uh, <laughs> how do you think they got on? Um, I, I think very well, and I think the thing you have to bear in mind here is that the people criticising them, by and large, the, for the most part, they have no interest in racing surviving. They want to see racing done there. They're the Vegan Animal Rights Brigade, and um, saying anything other than that they're not clear and transparent about what their intentions are. They don't think horse racing should be allowed to succeed, survive, flourish, continue. And my, my, my director, who's a vegan, is nodding in agreement downstairs, I'm sure. Um, we will move on and, and talk about uh, not the derby, not the derby, but the William derby, the chief executive of, uh, of York Racecourse, who has said really this week much of what's being said around this little table this morning, which is that racing's not just about heritage and tradition, although that's important. Yeah, you see, he's saying that uh, it needs money and it needs big prize money for its big meetings to maintain its position on the global stage. Yeah, and, and York uh, walks the walk, doesn't it, as well as talking the talk mm. in this regard. Uh, the thing that I particularly liked about what William Darby said, or the, uh, the background behind what he said, is that no race at York run in 2018, no race was worth less than 15 grand. So he's not only talking about the top of the pyramid, he's also talking mm. about its base. Um, and I, I think you know, York, on so many levels, is a, is a model for other, other race courses uh, to, to follow. And I think what he said, you know, we, we must be confident but not complacent, and, and we mustn't think that people come to horse racing because it was, you know, they ran racing at Chester in 1536 or mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, it has to be accompanied by, by purses. Uh, prize money is a, a knotty one because people say, well, it should be distributed more, you know, further down the food chain to incentivise more owners, a broader ownership base, not so much concentrated into the top hands. Why do rich people care about prize money anyway? What's your take on that, David? Well, it, it's an interesting one. It's a worldwide industry sport we're involved in, and um, you see prize money levels going skyrocketing in America and Australia. Um, we're, we don't have the same funding mechanism. We're, we're leagues behind them. Um, obviously, the, we need the trickle-down effect, oh. um, and we need to be competing on the world stage. But you know, we've got to do more. Um, we're, we're lagging way behind. You know, York do a fantastic job. Fifteen grand a race is great, but in Australia it's fifty. You know, we're, we're a long way behind. And William Darby uh, at the forefront with York Racecourse this week, calling for more prize money at the uh, at the top level. Uh, happily, well, it wasn't a happy experience for Aidan O'Brien's filly yesterday at the beginning of the QE2 because she was taken out pretty quickly and the race was off. And it just struck me, Jane, that they might have given her a, another chance. But the starter said she was unruly in the stalls and out she came. But should she have run, do you think? I think they should have given her a chance. If the race was off and people didn't even know it, if you had had a few pound on her, you, you were all of a sudden looking for your horse thinking where it was. Uh, it was a very quick, rash decision and I think it should have been explained at least post-race. The filly, thank God, is fine. There must have been a reason for it, well, but everybody was left 
wondering what happened. What I can find is that the starter withdrew because she was unruly in the stalls, and I know the ruling is that if they break the back of the stall, they're now, or not, or if they break open the back of the stall and they kick out against the stall, then caution has to be has to be exercised. But it's it, I couldn't I couldn't see for definite that those stalls had closed behind her. I couldn't be absolutely convinced they'd, they'd fully closed and. She was straight out, and they didn't trot her up and down or anything like that. So I just—is that in the rule book, though? I'm, I'm pretty sure if you if you if you if the stall is closed behind you and you force the back of the stall open now, a bit like you force the front of the stall, I think you have to be. I think that's now decreed. Yeah, you have to be taken right. out. Isn't that right, David? Yeah, I think that's right. I think common sense should prevail. There's a vet at the start. You know, it's a, uh, this isn't just for a Group One race. This is all over. It's it's important that every horse gets their chance, and I understand if a horse gets hurt, obviously welfare comes into it. But she was perfect. She'd have gone in. I I think she should have given another chance. Yes. Yeah, I, I broadly agree with that. I think there was a. Um, I wonder if there were again an element of a of a. A, a new audience yesterday mm. whether they they didn't want to dwell on whether there might be a problem and so in that sense that, that right she's not going to run let's get on with the race and you can all cheer your horses home I don't know I'm merely speculating I mean, there was a nasty incident at York the week before which may have been playing in people's minds also they had the incident with Harry Angel at Ascot so he just makes us that little bit more cautious let's talk about Andrea Razzani he didn't ride he was going to ride one of your horses he couldn't because the BHA hadn't read the reciprocity rules properly, so the ban that he got in France was enforced. And the BHA didn't stop him riding, he was stopped from riding from a ban in France, but he was given false hope. You were given false hope. Yeah, it was, it was hugely unfortunate. Um, it, it certainly cocked up our plans massively. Sheikh Fahd was understandably livid. Um, these things shouldn't be allowed to continue. I mean, we, we, we can't be at the forefront of world racing and not be able to get the you know and not be able to get these things right and it's really unfortunate I, I i i really feel for nick rust and his team but they've got to get the funding to put the safety checks in place to make sure these cock-ups don't happen time and time again and uh, and i hope that they they're in a position to put this thing right and make sure that it can't be down to one person's human error there have to be checks the whole time all the way through i know they're doing much more about Making sure that horses are correctly identified when they when there's two two checks before they get onto a race course, uh, that's been a previous cock up. Um, you know, it needs serious work and it needs looking at. We c- can't see this happen again. Just small points of procedure can have quite severe consequences. Yeah, but I mean, it's not even about funding this, is it? It's not about money. This is just sloppy. Like a work experience person whose job is to empty the bins and wash the teacups would have said, right, where did this ban come from? Came from France, right. It, it's not within the BHA's power to split that. You have to go to uh, France Gallo, oh, you've already played your card once, you can't write. That, that's just sloppy. I mean, it's, it's, it's very poor work on, on the part of the BHA. Uh, they, they issued an apology through Robin Mounts, which got emailed to all the papers, and then only selective ones got the apology to Andrea, who also, of course, missed out on a winner with Charger Bridge in the last. Yeah, except he didn't miss yeah, out didn't on a winner because there was you know, the, it was a ban from France in the first place. Those were this week's talking points. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albastiet Cruel Dubai.